welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Zone. My name's Justin Loud here, hanging out with my good friend Steve. How are we doing? How's it going? What's up? Oh, it's going, it's going. Just waiting on some trades to go through because I've got nothing better to do on a Friday night than watch kids and make some ridiculous trades. Getting old's fun. I don't know whoever said that. They wanted, never wanted to grow up. Exactly. Well, listen here. We uh, started here last week talking about our top 12 quarterbacks going into the season. Today, we're going to give you our top 10 running backs on the season. Um, sadly, I think we'll probably agree on most of these, but maybe it's a good thing. Steve, why don't you go ahead and get us started off with the number one running back in your fantasy football rankings? If it isn't the number, the most obvious pick of any rankings that anybody's ever going to have, it's going to be Saquon Barkley. I don't know if we need to explain it a whole lot. He's going to get a ton of touches. He's huge in the passing game. Eli Manning can't – he's not the guy he used to be. He's a check-down monster now. Saquon's that guy. He he loves throwing to him, and he's – that's – I think our – both of us are have him at number one. Yeah, um, pretty easy consensus here. Uh, trailing only Christian McCaffrey in the reception department, coming in at 91 receptions last year, four touchdowns, 700 yards. You see that production also in the run game, 1,300 yards, um, 11 touchdowns. I don't, know if, I don't know if he's going to be able to top what he did last year, but it's pretty impressive. So mm-hmm. irregardless, he's your number one back. If you have a dynasty pick, um, you're a, you'd be a fool not to take him over anyone else. Yeah, um, I'm going to – the only guy that you might question, and uh, I know we have questions about the knee, but uh, Todd, Todd Gurley's got to come in at number two for me. Um, had a great season. Knee kind of worries you a little bit heading into the next year, but um, overall pretty good season for him. The concern for me, though, is um, he's not a lot of production in the passing game compared to others. He's kind of a middle-of-the-road back coming in at 59, tied with Deion Lewis at 59 catches. Did have four more touchdowns and 100 more yards, though, on those 59 catches. So explosive in the passing game, but not getting those same opportunities that guys like Christian McCaffrey, James White, and Saquon Barkley are getting. Mm-hmm. Um, Does his playoff usage scare you at all? I think it was just an injury. I think they were trying to be careful with him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty obvious at the end of the season they were resting him. We thought it was precautionary, but I don't think it was. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be back to himself a good off season. Um, let's just hope he's uh, comes back healthy. I don't know. Does the usage scare you in a dynasty format on drafting him early in your startups? Um, I think he just, you know, he's got that, the workload there for him. And it's hard to find guys with that. I said, I think the, the knee issue just what's or whatever the injury issue is what scares me the most. I mean, but out of usage, I mean, I'm definitely still taking him high this year. I mean, we both have him ranked too. So we we're taking him in the startups, but I mean, if you want to pass over for a guy like McCaffrey or Gordon or Zeke or something, I, I don't wouldn't hate the move. You know what, you know what I would almost do. And you would call me crazy. I have him at number two. Um, as far as rankings, part of me would almost go James Connor over Todd Gurley in a startup draft. Mm-hmm. Um, younger, less wear and tear. Uh, both came in at 59 catches, or both he came in at 55 catches. He had 500 yards, so 80 less than Zeke. Uh, had one touchdown and put up a thousand yards versus Todd Gurley's 1200. But you mm-hmm. forget he missed like five games. So if Todd Gurley plays a full 16 game slate, you're mm-hmm. talking about a guy with similar production, less mileage. 
I would almost take him number two in a startup draft if I'm going after a running back. Am I crazy? No, not at all. I mean, I think you could probably move any of these guys basically based off of personal preference. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they use the, like I said, the injury thing is the only thing that scares me off of him. Uh, but, I mean, he's just an animal. He's got he's got time left to go. I'm hoping that he can just stay healthy through and have a good rest of his career and everybody will be happy. Yeah. Who you got coming in at number three? Number three for me is Melvin Gordon. Uh, I just – I like the head coach. I think that he's a run-first type of guy. They have a good veteran quarterback. They're ready to win now. They've really built up a pretty good offensive line in a division that doesn't play a whole bunch of defense. I think Melvin Gordon, us watching him kill Nebraska at Wisconsin, I mean, he's still running through people's dreams. Uh, I just, I think that I'm, I'm probably high on him just because I've seen that first person and he's, he's young and he's got a lot of usage and he's ready to go. Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's definitely, he's definitely high on my list, but Number three, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. I talked about it earlier. The production's there. Led all active running backs with 107, uh, 107 receptions. Um, coming in at second with six touchdown catches, all behind only Alvin Kamara. Um, still led all of them in receiving yards as well, 867. He's pretty much a receiver for you. Um, mm-hmm. You could make the argument that another guy that to follow would be um, Tariq Cohen, but Tariq Cohen's not getting 219 carries for 1,100 yards and five touchdowns either. So, right, pick your poison. I got him coming in as my number three back. Um, you feel pretty good about him, but I do worry about um, a couple things. I worry about Cam um, and his health and the fear of not wanting to put all those miles on McCaffrey. They've already started to talk about it this offseason. Um, but he says he wants the production, so it's going to be one of those things, buyer beware. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing that I liked about McCaffrey last year is he came on with some more touchdowns. He got us up to seven seven rushing touchdowns. I think that's what we need to see. We just Cam's such a goal line back, he just ends up taking a lot of the running back touches. But I think if we can see the receiving usage and then the goal line usage again for McCaffrey, I think that's a big thing to his value. And the good thing is, is Andy Reid's not his coach because, you know, well, Andy, Andy Reid would draw up all those plays to go to Cam Newton. So. Oh, every 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 other every, play. Yep. Um, I think we just flip-flopped on three and four. So yep. I, yep. I have Gordon at four. You've got McCaffrey at four. So um, mm-hmm. we're in agreement there. Number five, I'll let you just tell us who we have a consensus number five on. Oh, we're going to go with Zeke Elliott here. Only led the league last year in rushing yards with over 1,400 only six touchdowns, which is down for him for sure. I mean, I, I assume we'll regress back to the mean next year. I mean, the biggest hit they had this year was losing. They lost, tra- oh, shoot, Travis Frederick um, to that crazy illness that he ended up having, and they're trying to get him healthy, and hopefully he comes back to play at some point. Not, I mean, I just hope the guy gets healthy. Uh, but, I mean, that's the biggest thing with Zeke is you're always going to have that offensive line to run behind. They seem to keep investing draft capital in that to keep it up there. They know that's the best game plan. I don't think that they're really willing to let Dak win them all the games. But I think a ball control, they've got the up-and-coming defense. They're going to feed Zeke. Not only are they going to feed Zeke, they have fed Zeke. Let all running backs last year with 304 carries, the only guy they even – uh, the next closest guy to carry wise was Saquon Barkley at 260. So you're talking mm-hmm. over 40 carries more than the mm-hmm. next guy in line. 60 um, carries or 40? Yeah, I can't do yeah. that. 
They average 20 carries a game. And that's not even getting into the re- insane reception count. You can make mm-hmm. the argument he should be number one. Um, mm-hmm. Fears there. I don't trust the quarterback. Don't trust the coach. I could see the coach getting fired mid-year, um, <laughs> but had 1,500 downs, three on the ground. So almost double digits. Mm-hmm. Um, you're drafting him pretty good, feeling, feeling pretty good at five. Mm-hmm. Um, again, dynasty perspective, um, that's probably why he's at five. If we're talking redraft, he's got to be higher. He'll probably be higher on mm-hmm. my list. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't t- completely agree with the coach getting fired. He's only won two conference tra- championships out of the last three years. So it's hard. Um, to- there are rumors that he will be replaced by Sean Payton. Yeah. You combine that with you combine that with the fact that uh, Jones has come out and said numerous times he is not going to give him an extension until the end of next year, and his mm-hmm. deal will expire. So, yeah, um, kind of reading the tea leaves there. Yeah, uh, you can. Number six, um, I've got James Connor. You've got James Connor. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of touched on it earlier. Productions there. The attempts are there. There's not a whole lot to say. The only fear there is, is is this production-based, meaning is it the running back or is it the offensive line? Uh, he's been in the league for two years. He's got two more years left on his rookie deal. The concern for me is if he decides to test free agency in two years and goes to a team like the Lions, we'll say, mm-hmm. is it the running back or is it the offensive line? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I mean, we've seen the Steelers produce so many good running backs over the years. I mean, Connor just, he was physical. We just need him to stay healthy for a whole 16 game schedule or I think, but there's no, really no competition for him in that backfield that I see. So I think he's safe. I think in, he's definitely, definitely a strong contender for top five guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who do you have at number seven? Cause it looks like we are in agreement. So this is the one guy that I struggled to rank, but I struggled not to rank more. And that's Alvin Kamara. I struggle with his usage and the amount of touches he gets. He's just not a bell cow type of guy where he is going to take the ball 20, 25 times a game and just downhill batter a a team into submission. Uh, He's just the slasher. He's the receiving. He does a good job receiving just a playmaker. And you can't, you can't move him down any further because he's so darn good. Yeah. I mean, you make the argument last year was the year where everyone was fools for not taking him. My brother took him in a redraft league at number two overall, and I called him a fool. Mm-hmm. Turns out the only fool there was me for not believing. He was so efficient the first year, I didn't think he could replicate mm-hmm. it. So I'm going to buy in. Still don't know about number two overall because um, you are limited in his upside, right? right? He can kill you in the pass game, but he's not going to do much in the run game. So coming in at seven here, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go ahead and put him at number seven. He... As, as great as he is in, the, in that receiving game, there are games where he disappears um, simply based on the fact that he's had competition. He was only fourth in receptions among running back, um, ironically behind James White, who we can, we'll get to later. I would like a guy over James White, but last year um, he had seven, he had six less catches than James White, three less touchdowns than James White and 50 less yards than James White. So you can make the argument why isn't James White in our list. Yeah, scary thing I'm looking at now is he's actually 16th in total touches from last year. Mm-hmm. That's at a 15-game schedule. But he had 14 touchdowns, which, holy cow. So it's kind of crazy to think about, right? Right, absolutely. 
The next one is a guy you wouldn't think about. Um, if you were thinking about this, who I'm not, I'm going to give you the name, but I'm going to let you guess on this one first. Who do you think were the top, or we'll say four running backs in, in rushing attempts last year? Um, we have Zeke. Uh, I'm going to say Gurley, Gordon, and let's go Barkley. So the top four rushing attempts in order were Zeke, Saquon, David Johnson, Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. Led all, led, it was top three in attempts. Production wasn't there, only had 940 yards. Had seven touchdowns, though. Um, he was a goal line back. Goal line back. Had 50 catches, so behind everyone else. He's an every down back. You're not going to mm-hmm. find these guys a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And that was probably one of the only – I think the only competition I saw last year in Arizona was the competition for who could who could have the worst makeshift offensive line between Buffalo and Arizona. Yeah, That's that was the competition they were having. That's for sure. Yeah, and unfortunately Arizona won by, by way of getting Kyler Murray probably. Um you wonder how much the damage he took last year, but David Johnson, you could argue, should be rated higher too. That's the problem mm-hmm. with these rankings: is, is at the end of the year, you don't. It's tough to say today. David Johnson should be eight. He, I could see mm-hmm. him finishing top five for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the argument I would throw out there for having him, I have him at nines. So we're close there again, but mm-hmm. I think I'm. I don't know what's Cliff Kingsbury going to do. Is he going to tr- come in and try to chuck it fifty times a game? Is he going to? I mean, if they draft Murray, what do they do? Is it just a spread? They run a read option every other play? I mean, I think that's what we're kind of nervous about with David Johnson. It's like, we know he's good. We know he's talented. The offensive line wasn't there last year. What kind of scheme are they going to have this year? Is it Rosen? Is it Murray? I mean, we just – there's so many question marks in Arizona right now before the draft hits. I mean, I still think their best move is to trade down and then grab an offensive lineman. So that's, that's we'll get to it later. But yeah, okay. we're, in a, we're in agreement on the best quarterback in the draft, though. Yeah, absolutely. Down. So, um, yeah, um, I mean, I agree. He's eight or nine are interchangeable. But what do you think about number nine? Because we, we just flip-flopped again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lev Bell. I mean, the, he, him and Johnson are close because I think we're both worried about their offensive line situations. I don't see the Jets move making a move in the draft, and I think they'd take the best pass rusher available because that's what they really need. But they need to address that offensive line somehow, some way. Uh, I think that we are really trusting that the quarterback can get it done this year and really distribute the ball to Bell. And I think we're believers in that Jets offense right now and that they take a step forward and they start winning some games now. I'm going to tell you right now, um, the Jets will not be picking at number three this year. Hmm. They will be trading down, looking at value to get offensive linemen. Uh, as much as you love to get a pass rush going, they've stated numerous times they would love to trade down. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you right now, if you're right and Arizona does not take Kyler Moore, you're going to see a fire. Fr- you're going to see a frenzy going on there. Yeah, um, people are going to try and jump up to number three to jump over Oakland to get Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even be surprised to see a situation where the Jets pick four pull in a good old San Francisco 49ers <laughs> situation, just making them give up assets to move up one spot. Yeah. I, you know, I, another thing, you're a Bills fan. I don't know if they want to trade up from nine and move down or they, they trade up from nine, the Jets move down to nine and then take the Washington state tackle. I don't, That's supposed to be the best I don't pass think that'll happen. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, 
it's not very often we talk about it even as co-managers of our league. Uh, it's not very often where you see division rivals mm-hmm. switching Make spots, right? Um, I think Buffalo trades down as well. I, depending on what happens with Murray, a, he is the key to that. So mm-hmm. you could see the Bills pick at nine if Ed Oliver's there or a big or an interior lineman. That's what they need with Kyle Williams being retired, but uh, they're a trade down candidate as well. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um... Dillard's there. He, it's too high in the top five to start picking him, but if they do make a move, I think that's who they're going to try to target uh, is going to be Dillard in the offensive line. For sure. Uh, number 10. We have different spots for number 10. We do. Go, I want you to go first. Yeah, I'm really high on Sonny Michelle. Listen, he had a great, he had a great breakout rookie season. You could, one could argue that without him, the Patriots aren't winning the Super Bowl. Um, as far as efficiency goes, the guy was just absolutely insane. Um, he, where is he? It's number 14 on the carries. Yeah. He had a pretty good, he had a, uh, my thing was he was averaging about 16 carries a game, only had 900 yards, but he was averaging four and a half yards a pop. And that's pretty good for a rookie running back. You know, the Patriots have a great offensive line. You give him the goat at quarterback, which he had, um, Absolutely insane. I do think this is the year they're going to work on him, trying to get him involved. Wasn't even in the top 200 in the NFL as far as uh, receptions go. So not on that list. That belonged to James White. One could argue that's where the risk is. But you know the Patriots are going to run. You know Tom Brady's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to run late in the postseason when in weeks 12 through 16, and that's the golden time for him. Right. So your your value on him is based on him getting more into the passing game. Getting more into the passing game and the fact that in the postseason, you know he's getting the ball. Mm-hmm. Our postseason. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he played in 13 games last year, and he was 14th overall in carries for the whole league. I think that's impressive. I think he probably has to go up on the six touchdowns, but with, with the way the Patriots move around their backs, it's going to be hard to be What's even consistent more all the time. What's even more Burkhead was the starting running back for the first four weeks. Oh, okay. I didn't remember when he got hurt, but yeah, I, you're right. He did have a stretch there for that. He was really good for sure. And then he also got hurt for two weeks. So really, one could argue when he's fully, if he can play 16 games, he's the he's the guy to own in New England. But you've also got James White, who's a pass-catching fiend. Mm-hmm. And then Burkhead's still there right now. I mean... You just it's just hard to predict what they're going to do. I think that's why I get nervous. I'm, I would probably put him down at 12 or 13 where I would be yeah. closer to him. But if he gets the into about, passing work, I agree with you. He would be top 10. Well, the thing that you could, the thing that you can argue too is, is that Burkhead is in the final year of his three-year deal mm-hmm. and James White's 27. Mm-hmm. Sony is so young, there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, if this is his floor, mm-hmm. I'll take that all day. Yeah, that's not a bad argument. All right, well, on my 10, I'm going to try to sell you on Joe Mixon. Uh, I mean, he's a three-down back. You can argue that they have pass catching back there that they like a lot. But, I mean, last year it was the Joe Mixon show. They just struggled. Their offensive line, I think, is one of those other – I think if they're smart at number – I think they have pick 11. I think they're definitely an offensive line candidate. I mean, they're being linked right now to Haskins, but I think we can both kind of agree that – they need an offensive line and whoever's back there isn't going to have any success if they're getting killed every play. 
Yeah, I would tend to agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the offense gets better, they have the guys on the outside. I mean, they have field stretchers. So it's not like you can just go and play eight-man in the box against the Bengals all the time, which I think helps. And, I mean, the, could Joe Mixon in this offense that they're bringing in, could they possibly end up being closer to Gurley than he was last year? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I, I don't know. That, that might be a little bit of a stretch. But I think Mixon can definitely be the focal point, and I think he'll get. I think it kind of depends, but my worry with Mixon lies in the fact that he's not the pass catching, mm-hmm. so he's not going to get you all the. He's not going to get you all the catches out of the backfield, mm-hmm. and then it's a new scheme, and this regime isn't really tied to him. So, gotcha. Yeah, this you this, this could that. this could be a draft where they find a way to move on from AJ Green. They take Daryl Henderson as much as that. That's probably my favorite running back in this draft. And I think mm-hmm. he might fit in well there with that scheme. It's hmm. interesting. Yeah, it's he was number eight in carries last year. So I, it's hard to argue that. That was in 14 games. So, I mean, I just I, – the volume's there. Even if he's not getting all the passing down work, he still had 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. And that's pretty hard to beat in production-wise in the NFL today. Yeah. We're actually doing pretty well on time, so I want to get into a subject not on this sheet. All right. We are discussing a trade in our other league where we are losing Leonard Fournette, inheriting a first-round pick, and the Chiefs, Damian Williams. Where would you put him as far as running back rankings in Dynasty? Fournette. Fournette and Damian Williams. Fournette's still young. He's like what, twenty-four years old or something. I mean, yeah. Let's do this. Actually, let's let's take a step back. You're gonna which side of the argument? One of us is gonna. We're gonna each argue a side, right or wrong. Which side do you want to argue? I want to err on the side of keeping Fournette. All right, you go first. All right. So Fournette is on is a central focus point of the Jaguars offense. They know in order to win, they have to use and abuse him, use him early, use him often and break that other defense down and allow him to get the 20, 25 carries a game, which how many other guys in the NFL are you finding 20, 25 carries each game for with their, with their top pick? I think that they're at number seven in the draft. I want to see them take Juwan James out of Florida, the best running run blocking right tackle in the draft. I think that's a huge boost. And I I just think that finding another guy that gets that kind of volume on a team that knows they need to play defense to win with Tom Coughlin-led GM, you can say he's probably running the show. I mean, they're going to run the ball. And I think if Fournette can stay out of trouble, which I know he just got in a little bit more, I think that he could he has the potential to be that top five guy and he's still only twenty four and his usage in the NFL has not been that heavy the last couple of years. You could say the first year, yes, but he only played a few games last year. Okay. That's a fair point. Um do you know how many carries a game Leonard Fournette averaged when he played last, last year? year? When he played, yeah. No, I haven't been able to find him on the list yet. All right. He averaged sixteen point six carries per game last year. Uh Trailing up right behind him, ironically, was Kareem Hunt at 16 and a half. You got Damien Williams taking that spot in Kansas City. Might I add, he is a pass-catching back. Um, 
Kareem Hunt only had 26, of, and don't forget, he only played like nine games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonard Fournette, ironically, only caught 22, so played, didn't play as long, but Fournette's not a pass catching back. Kareem Hunt had seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And not only this, I mean, that, that's the Chiefs offense we're talking about, right? right. You look at uh, Damian Williams, averaged five yards of carry last year, mm-hmm. um, coming in at he had only 256 yards, but he did have 23 catches and two touchdowns mm-hmm. for about 200 yards. Uh, did all of his damage in the postseason. I think the Chiefs are going to rely on him as they move forward. Um, the risk there in Williams is that they do draft a running back in the draft. Mm-hmm. However, with that risk, you're also getting a first-round pick. Yes, part of this trade in our deal is we're giving up a late second and an early third. Mm-hmm. That's kind of immaterial. It's kind of a wash to me at this point. Yes. I think the bulk of this is I get that first-round pick for security and the upside of Damian Williams and the fact that Fournette already has his guarantees removed from his mm-hmm. contract. Mm-hmm. And if they get out from under him, yes, right now, no doubt, Leonard Fournette's getting 16.6 carries a game in Jacksonville at a minimum. Mm-hmm. Where does he go from here? You think Buffalo? Well, he just he got Ooh. in a fight with he got in a fight with Buffalo. I, I highly doubt the locker room would accept that guy. Yeah. So where is he going? He's not going to Dallas. You look at the offenses that are left. He, he maybe Baltimore, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with that point. And for the for the sake of defense, like I'm on your side. I think we probably need to do the trade. I mean, Leonard Fournette, he's he's just such – like his range of outcomes right now as we sit here talking is I've maybe higher than anybody else in the draft, and I don't mean to overstate that, but name a guy that could not play at all next year or a guy that could be a top five running back. Like who are we talking about here, you know? Well, that's Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's already <laughs> suspended for nine games, so he's not going to be a top five running back next year, though. In two oh, years, true. possibly, but next year but he, it's not going to be. Also, but he could also not play at all next year. So that's true. He's very yeah. I I agree. So yeah, that's an interesting one to definitely hash out. One more for you, um, for the sake of argument. Rank these from. Uh, I would say keep trade. Well, trade away or trade f- keep trade away trade for. I'm going to give you three options here. Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack, Damian Williams. Okay, well, I think I'm trading for Williams because before the draft and before we know what's going on, I mean, he's another kind of high range of outcome guy right now, but the way it sits, his floor isn't near as low as Fournette's. So Mm -hmm. I would buy Williams, I would sell Fournette, and I would cut Mack because I think the Colts are definitely taken – they're definitely taking a running back at some point. That's funny. I'm keeping Fournette because mm-hmm. his value is low. Mm-hmm. Trading for Williams because his value is so low. And you're selling um, on Mac because the value is high. Selling on Mac because not a lot of people think that they're taking a running back yet. Yeah, that's true. I think the hype machine is just way overdone on the Mac stuff for me. Yeah, and don't, let's not forget they took a they took a late round pick on Naheem Hines, and he's not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. Hines was a good pass catcher last year. He's that versatile out of the backfield or the slot guy. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, I just, it's a good offense and whoever's there, I just think they're going to add a power back. It's going to be a three way three horse race next year. And it's just not a backfield I want to have. 
let's not forget, I think we talked about this the other day. Uh, Marlon Mack was so enshrined in his role <laughs> last year that he was battling it out with Christian Michael. Yeah. At one point last year, we were saying Christian Michael might be the starting running back for the Colts. Yep. So keep that in your mind as you're doing startups or making your trade offers. Mm-hmm. If anyone's offering you Marlon Mack, it's not because they're enthusiastic about his outlook. It's mm-hmm. because they're trying to get off under a rock that they don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't spend. I mean, if you need or if you're running back needy and you need to take a chance on a guy, I mean, I could give up a little bit for him, but I'm not going to try to give up any first round picks or anything for him. For sure. That's where we're talking about the value. Yep. Um, moving on, Steve, you wanted to talk about our, how we're going to rank this quarterback draft. I think we're in pretty much agreement. Well, we're a little bit different. different. I'll have you, I'll have you lead off with number one. We are in whole agreement on this one. I've been all in on this guy since you told me he was going to play baseball. And I said, not Hmm. so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I never believed that he was going to stay to play football or that even be talking about being the top pick in the draft. But here he is. I mean, we've watched a little bit of tape. I did, I'll be honest. I didn't spend a lot of time on him because you can just watch a little bit and you're just like, wow, this guy. This guy was meant to throw the ball, whether it's playing baseball or football. And he has he has such a soft touch to his throws. Like To me, he just looks like he's passing. He looks a lot like Lamar Jackson in college. I don't mean to make that comparison because they're both runners because I don't think Murray is actually purely a runner. I think he throws a really nice ball. I think he scrambles to make the throw. And I think that the um, Russell Wilson comparison for him is just spot on. Yeah, I, I, he's my top back. I've watched numerous games where I just sit there thinking, there's no way this guy's not the best quarterback in the draft. I was surprised that he won the Heisman because of the hype train going on for Tua. And I'm going to tell you this right now, if you're in a dynasty league, and you own Tua and Devi, trade him. He's not that good. Mm-hmm. You watch that guy throw. It reminds me of Joey Harrington 2.0. Hmm. Hype machine going to turn out to be nothing in the draft. Murray, he has the whole package. His throws are only where his receivers can get it. And whenever he throws, it's not – I mean, yes. If you look at Haskins and you look at Murray, one guy has receivers bail him out constantly – and the other guys lifts his receivers up. As much as I love Hollywood Brown, my fear is, is that he has the best quarterback throwing mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. So just hits I'm, him in stride easy. Yeah. So I'm I, I yeah, I agree with Murray here, especially in fantasy. And I mean, you have the rushing upside in an mm-hmm. air raid offense. There's not much there's not much risk going here. If you're sitting at one oh one and you don't take air if you don't, and you don't take Murray, mm-hmm. I, I why are you playing fantasy football? Yeah, I mean, he could definitely a, be a difference in a maker. Flex. In a super right. flex. Right, yeah, I was going to say, hopefully we're talking at least a super flex league. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think we need to talk a whole lot more about it. I think it's a pretty consensus. He's on a tier of his own, and everybody else is fighting for number two. Yeah. Okay, What? who do you have two? I want to hear your two. Uh, my two is Jones out of Duke. I think he is absolutely underrated in this draft. As far as pro-style offenses goes, he's in a great world there. His footwork's good. His mechanics are perfect. He's everything you want in a quarterback. Everything I've read says his work ethic's there. Um, it's just Murray's in his own lock, right? I mean, he's in his mm-hmm. own group. Mm-hmm. The thing about Jones is, is that he's got the production. 
he's got the starts in the history. I feel good about it. I mean, I, I feel like if I had to draft a quarterback, if I had, was coming into this draft and I needed a quarterback and I was sitting at three or anywhere between three and 20 mm-hmm. and he's on the board, I'm taking him and I feel pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't say I'm in love. I'm, I'm not getting the goat, right? But I feel pretty good. I mean, I, he could be Alex Smith and I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. I think I like him a lot. I don't his, – his mechanics, he's got a couple flaws, but it's n- nothing that I don't think somebody can't fix. I know watching his tape, I thought he was a lot more athletic than I realized, but I don't see him getting out of the pocket near as much in the NFL. Um, what do you he think reminds- about, like, a Kirk Cousins when he throws? I maybe – I just really – my best comparison for him is Alex Smith. Okay. You just just he, pe- pe- people forget Alex Smith is sneaky athletic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he plays with his legs, very accurate, very on. You know, he's kind of boring to watch in the fact that he's not going to make wild plays, but he's going to make the right plays at the right time, mm-hmm. on point, on schedule. So, outside of Murray, I think he's most likely to start year one at some point. I don't know that he gets drafted to necessarily take over that role immediately, but I think he can go in operate a pro offense understand and keep it moving where I I don't know that the other guys can step in and make much of a difference right now. Yeah. I think that's probably why you have him ranked at two. I do. Yeah. Where do you want him to go? Where do I want him to go? I can tell you where I don't want him to go. Mm, Cardinals. Number 32. Patriots. Uh, I'll be so ticked if he goes to the Patriots. I mean, I, I think the fit's there, though. I mean, he just he knows where problem. to go with the ball. That's it the makes problem. so much sense. I I think he could do well in Washington. Listen, Gruden gets a lot, mm-hmm. of, gets a lot of disservice because he's only made the playoffs once. But if you look at it, I mean, where they were when he came in first off, mm-hmm. you had RG3 with one leg making throws out there. You had – I mean, they were just ravaged because Shanahan had been such in salary cap purgatory. Mm-hmm. So he had to work his way through that with no help, and he's drafted these guys. And not to mention, I'm pretty sure they, they've led the league in injuries the last three years. They I were mean, up there. I think he would fit that system, mm-hmm. especially if they could trade for a John Ross and get him a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Right now, Josh Dotson is the only guy I know that plays in Washington. They have Paul Richardson. Uh, still, he's no, Josh Do- and- he's no Josh yeah. Dotson. Yeah. I'm only saying that because I have him on my fantasy team, and that was like the <laughs> last pick. Yeah. I mean, Dotson could come out with the right guy. I mean, I just struggle if Cousins couldn't do it. And, and I guess he kind of saw Alex Smith for a little bit last year if he couldn't do it. I just don't know that he's the guy there. But do you like Jones in the first, or do you think second or third round is closer where you want to see him go? No, I think he's definitely a first-round quarterback. Okay. I'd be Number more two. comfortable having him go at the top of the second or a guy trading back into the first round to get him. Patriots aren't trading out of that spot if he's there. I'll just tell you that right now. Okay. Same th- same thing with your number two because he's my number three. Yeah, so Greer. Um, we end up having him on our dynasty team that we run together. We ended up making a trade. We traded next year first for him. Can argue what we were doing. We're in dire straits at quarterback and we needed something for this year. But the more we've watched him on tape, the more we really ended up liking him. Um, he's not the prettiest guy when you're watching him throw. I think he moves the pocket better than people give him credit for. He throws, he probably throws the best 
second best deep ball behind Murray, I think, in this draft. I, mean, I think he, he had the big receivers do that too, and maybe that's part of what made him look so good. But when I watch the tape, he throws downfield so much. Like you watch his biggest plays, they're like 15 yard and they're, they're away from the line of scrimmage. They're not just little dump offs and let the running backs and wide receivers do all the work. Like he's out there gunning it, putting the ball in spots where only his guys can get it and a little bit of a gunslinger. But I think, I don't know. I, I guess I see a little bit of Baker to him and I don't, I don't know. I don't like that. Cause I don't Baker. I don't know a huge Baker guy, but the way Baker plays, I think is big. And I think Greer's kind of the same type where when the lights come on, he's just the guy. And I think that he could be a good fit for a lot of teams right here too. Yeah, for sure. Um, number four, uh, there's a guy that's not on my list and we'll get to that in the shell shock of that <laughs> a bit. Uh, number four, you, you, um, who do you have at number four? <laughs> I want to do my number three first. I guess. I, okay. I just think he, I think he's terrible too. Yeah. So uh, I have Drew Locke at three. I think the athleticism gives him a little bit of an up here. And I was listening to uh, uh, Chris Sims talk uh, about Drew Locke. And the, it kind of, it kind of helped me understand like, what's the difference between Locke and Haskins? Haskins is surrounded by five stars everywhere, making have guys that he just has to go out and say, hey, I need to not lose this game. Let's just kind of do what we need to do to get through here. Locke was the guy in a tough defensive conference in the SEC and had to go out there and really force plays, make plays, and do things all by himself because he didn't have we, – we like one of the receivers, which we'll eventually talk about. But uh, he he had to do a lot to try to make up for a lot of the downfalls that the team had. And I, th- I think maybe that shows a little differently on tape and you see it forced. Maybe he's got the arm the accuracy. We can argue about, I mean, it's not perfect, but I've seen worse. And I think that in the right system of like a West coast, I think that he could be a guy that surprisingly athletic and can really chuck the ball down the field and really be fun to watch. Yeah, I just I feel like he made, without Emmanuel Hall, we're not even having this discussion. I feel right, like he but... made it. I feel like he made. I feel like he made Locke. I mean, yeah. you look you look at Locke in the biggest games in the SEC. I mean, he looked just mm-hmm. horrific against Alabama. Well, you don't. Not a whole lot of people look great against Alabama either. Well, Kyler Murray looked pretty good. <laughs> he <laughs> got down twenty-eight nothing before he started to come alive, though. True, but he still found a way to do it, right? I mean, he did. Um, and I, 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 I don't know if Kyler Murray has. I like Hollywood Brown, but he. It's not like a Haskins where he has four NFL right. receivers. Right. Um, my number three, by the way, is Greer. So not a lot to say on him. Mm-hmm. Kind of agreed with what you said. Mm-hmm. We differ on number four, though. Oh, we're going to Jones. Are, yep, I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. I like him. Like I said, I like him going in and being the guy this year that can operate the offense, at least at a, a, me, a medium level. It might not be the complete understanding, but he's not going to go in and only be able to run five plays and stare down his receivers. Like, I just see him – I'd love him going to like the Redskins or the Giants. I think the Giants would make a lot of sense early in that second round. Yeah. I, I go back and forth on my four and five. I think I'll, I'll go Tyree Jackson here out of Buffalo. Um, 
very strong arm passer. Reminds me a lot of, um, and again, I don't know if he's going to be a starter here. Um, that's why I go back and forth because I think my five could be a starter someday. Mm-hmm. Depends on fit, especially if he goes to New England. I can totally see it. Uh, Tyree Jackson's got a cannon for an arm, can launch the ball. Um, struggles a little with accuracy. Reminds me a lot of EJ Manuel. Probably a pretty good backup. Tall, lengthy guy, going to be tough to bring down. Maybe could develop into a starter, be like a big Ben if he gets that accuracy down. Mm-hmm. Um, worry about the worry about the system he played in and the rest of the competition. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's got the flick of the wrist. He can he can throw the ball pretty well. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I like I said, I'm not a fan of Locke. I'm also not a fan of the other guy that we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Give me your five because I think people are going to want to hear your five. Clayton Thorson. If I told you that Northwestern had a four-star quarterback commit to them, you wouldn't think it was Clayton Thorson. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who this guy was. Um, and not to sound too terrible here, I went to see Nebraska play them in person. Nebraska's defense isn't spectacular, but I saw them walk out with uh, four, we'll say, New England-type receivers, if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. Guys <laughs> that you would think would be gym rats, wouldn't exactly be <laughs> the fastest people on the field. And they were just slicing and diced them like it wasn't even their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, very accurate with the football strength you watch him against Notre Dame he he's the whole reason that they're winning these games or even mm-hmm. in these games they won the um, they won the Big Ten West last year they won the Big Ten West they put up a good fight against Ohio State and then I would argue that he looked just as pro ready as Haskins did that day that was probably mm-hmm. not one of his better games but go turn on the Notre Dame game and tell me that guy's not doesn't have the guts or the, mm-hmm. the gumption to get you there. Yeah. Uh, had had absolutely no help at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Might be a sneaky guy to get in the fourth round your draft to just take a flyer on because I'm telling you, um, we've seen guys like this not get drafted because of where they went. Um, and it works out. You know, he's, he's not Russell Wilson. He's not getting, he's not not getting drafted because of his height. It's purely based on his school and how much he did. Mm-hmm. I think he has so what much potential him. to excel. Not going to start next year by any means. Could start in a couple spots, but I look for him on a three- to five-year plan. Could eventually maybe be a starter. Do you see him kind of like we see Mullins for the 49ers? Kind of that same UDFA comes in, gets the right system, gets it down, really works hard. And I think he'll get drafted. I think Mullins struggles with accuracy, whereas Thorson, I think, has is more accurate with the football. I worry more about his arm strength. Okay which sometimes if you have pinpoint accuracy, the arm strength isn't really the issue. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Drew Brees doesn't have a cannon for an arm. Yeah, but so. he's, yeah, deadly. Um, so my five, because I think we have to talk about him in at least a top five, is Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> Don't laugh. Hey, he's, he's a young man trying to make a living, so we're not going to pick on him too much. He needs people like you to put him in the conversation. Hang on. Oh, you're... <laughs> Hold on. I'm just I'm just giving you a hard time. No, I know. So we both watched the tape and I think we watched the first two we watched were the was Washington game and the Nebraska game. And if you watch those two tapes, I mean what'd you see? The timing was off, inaccurate. I don't I I don't think I see the elite arm strength that people talk about. But hang on. We're not there yet. So what what you're drafting Haskins at when which I I actually believe he will be the second off the board. I don't agree with it, but I believe he will be the second quarterback taken. I see a very rough project that somebody that gets to be a quarterback guru can come in, 
fix his bottom half. He, he, when you watch him throw, he doesn't use his bottom half. It's just, it's all arm. It's all upper body. So he has the potential to drive the ball much further than I believe that we've really seen him on tape. The second thing was kind of like where I was talking about with Locke having to win his team games. Haskins didn't try to not lose his team games. So you don't see him take a lot of those gambles and contested throws. The guy is throwing to three, maybe four drafted guys this year. And we're just talking drafted, not UDFAs. Four guys that he threw to last year will probably be drafted this year. And you're talking a guy that runs a 4-3-1 in Paris Campbell. And when you watch him on tape, he doesn't hit the fly routes. Like he just doesn't, for whatever reason, whether he just doesn't want to take that chance, whatever it is, it just, I don't see the downfield accuracy. I don't see him taking those chances downfield to really, to open that up. Like if you watch, I watched half of his, at least half of his games from last year. I tried to watch the toughest defenses he played minus Nebraska, just because he actually his completion percentage against Nebraska was terrible. Um, I guess it, which is a terrible defense, by the way. Listen, you turn on that film, by the way, and you watch these guys running curls. Mm-hmm. Put, once those guys turn around, that ball should be hitting their hands. Mm-hmm. He just sits there and is like, well, I wonder if I can get something else done today. I'm going to just – I mean, the guy, the guy has been given an excellent offensive line and four NFL receivers. Tough for me to take a number two overall. You could make the argument for Locke that at least his talent around him was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, so part of so the two two of the games that I watched was Michigan State and Penn State, and if you they were both on the road this last year, very tough places to go and win, and the defense the defenses got so much pressure on him, like he was he couldn't do anything, and so that's why it's like, well, I thought their offensive line was really good too, and then you watch the tape and you're like, well, they didn't help him out a lot in those games. He did gut out that Penn State game. I think they they still lost that game. But he was gutty. He was getting back up and taking hits. And he's he's probably, the, I think, the biggest quarterback in the draft, like the biggest guy that we're talking about, basically on height and weight. I think with you see the arm talent, I mean, my comp for him is the older, less athletic Big Ben. Haskins, he did move a little bit better on certain tapes, but it wasn't as consistent for me that I wanted to see. A lot of people I saw say said that he moved well in the pocket. I didn't quite see him moving well, but I just – I think that he's his value is being inflated just because he's throwing to these guys and Paris Campbell with the ball in his hand. I love it. And I know we we're probably going to disagree when we talk about wide receivers. I like Paris Campbell a lot. He's very dangerous. And you see him take those five yard pass and drags and whatnot. And he's gone to the house because he can make the play. And you look at Haskins passings and touchdowns, the receivers did, I would say 60% of the work for him. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm, I agree with everything you're saying. Yeah, I just wanted to throw a defense in there. Like, I see why teams want to take that chance on him, but if it's me, I'm, I personally don't see it on the tape right now. And maybe he develops and could end up being a star in the league. That's a possibility. I just don't see the tape right now. And we've only got 14 games to really look at. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, I mean, it, that one's – I mean, at five, I'm not going to give you too much – Mm-hmm. Beef if it, if it if it goes south, mm-hmm. um, I'll stick with my five. I I mean, as you know, probably two of these. If two of these hit, it's a pretty good draft class. Nothing yeah. can be as bad as the E.G. Emanuel draft class for zero <laughs> of the five. Right. Hit, so right. I mean that Move, that might be what this draft class looks like at the end too. You never know. Yeah. Well, I think Murray's going to be the real deal. Um, yeah. Depends on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Moving on. 
to two guys who will be drafted late or become UDFAs that could be stars. That you're gonna, these are two guys that you will probably want to target on your waiver wire week one if you don't already draft them, like with your last pick. Mm-hmm. You want to lead us off? Actually, I'm gonna let you lead. I'm doing something real quick. All right. So number one, I have Wes Hills. He's a guy who production. He had some academic issues. Productions there has been an absolute stud for everyone. Um, started out in Delaware, had to go to lower school, had a couple of big games this year where 200 yards rushing happened a couple of times. He's just a workhorse. A lot of people who don't know it would compare him to AP. I mean, his body frame is there. His run style is so much relatable to AP. However, my favorite sleeper in this draft, and I just don't understand, maybe it's like a people just want to put this guy down. Dylan Mitchell out of Oregon. I watched Herbert, and don't get me wrong, Herbert's a good player. But when your quarterback's uh, slated to go for in the t- in round one next year, and his number one target catches everything thrown his way, you don't sleep on the production there. Ran a four four six, so he's faster than most receivers mm-hmm. in this draft class. Uh, can catch the ball, has a couple drops. People worry about his attitude. Dill Mitchell's a guy to target late, and I think you're not going to regret taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watching the tape, I was surprised, and I mean looking. I was looking at top 50 list today and he's down on like the 50 or not 50, but like 43rd on a list of 50 of rookies coming in that are going to play fantasy relevant positions. I mean, that's a guy you're getting, I don't know with your last pick in the draft, maybe pretty close. I mean, I, I like the pick. I like the tape I saw. I didn't watch a ton, but the dude is, I, I think he could be a good wide receiver too on an offense that he's your possession guy, he's your Robert Woods type. I think that's. I think we could agree that's kind of what his role will be. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So my late round values here that I'm going to try to talk about, the first one is Penny Hill out of Georgia State. Not a lot of people are going to know or heard of him. He did get an invite to the one of the Senior Bowls. Um, and the guy, I see him being a good slot receiver, very shifty, very quick good hands, dynamic with the ball in his hands. My comp for him when I watched was a younger version of uh, Randall Cobb. And I mean, if you remember Cobb, when he came out of Kentucky, he was the punt returner, kick returner that just did crazy things with the ball. And you're just like, wow, this guy's electric. Unfortunately, the injuries, I think, kind of derailed him a little bit. And I don't know that he's a player he used to be. But when I watched Penny Hill on tape, that's a lot what I thought of. That they just try to get his the hand, the ball in his hands, in space. And I think that if he could go to an offense like maybe the Saints or the Packers or, hey, Julian Edelman's getting older, maybe the Patriots take that chance on him. Like, he's a guy that could be dangerous in that role. And I I think if he ends up in one of those spots, it's a name that you need to know about and know what he's good at. Because I think he's going to be end up being more than just a special teamer. He didn't burn. He wasn't running. I think he ran like a mid 4-4 right up to a 4-5 somewhere in there. So he's not necessarily the burner, but the dude in space, is he is fun to watch. Yeah. So I liked Wes Hills a lot. He was, but I would just got done watching Allison out of pit. Uh, if you watch his tape, he's a bigger back at like a close to 230, like 6-1. Watch the Virginia Tech game. Holy cow, that dude is an animal. I mean, he... He is your my comp. Looking at him, like I see Leonard Fournette. He might not be as polished. He might not have. He definitely doesn't have the hype coming out. I was on another top fifty running back list just for running backs, and coming out, 
he's ranked at like 33 and or 29, 33, something like that. And I'm just looking at this. I'm trying to look at the tape. I'm like, this dude has the power. Like, I like seeing that. It's going to take the right offense to get into to see that. But and he had speed to get around the corner. He ran like a four five five four five eight. So that's somewhere in there, which is enough speed at running back when you combine it with the power. Uh, I mean, that Virginia Tech tape. I think he ran for two hundred fifty yards. He had at least six rushes of twenty yards, and he's running out of an I formation, which is I think a good thing to see when you're trying to translate to the pros. Like I just see him getting behind the line and running behind and learning how to use his weight and pad and power to his advantage more. But I'm just saying that's a name I want to know at the end of the draft that nobody's really that I've heard talk about. And I'm going to credit uh, Chris Sims with that one again, because he had him ranked number five on his top five running backs coming out. Gotcha. All right. Moving on. This is an interesting question you pose here to me. Mm -hmm. Who do you want coming out of the 49ers backfield? Coleman, Brita, McKinnon. To be honest with you, I'm not too familiar with all of these guys, but I'll, I'll go McKinnon for PPR purposes hmm. and Brita for the whole power back mm-hmm. and uh, Tevin Coleman last. Coleman hmm. to me is brought, I think Coleman's brought in to be McKinnon's backup. Hmm. What about you? What do you think? So I'm actually a little opposite of you. McKinnon tore his ACL last year. The ACL tear isn't what it used to be. The medicine and healing has just gotten better. It's just what's what it's been. So it's not the death spell it used to be. But McKinnon's a guy that relies solely on speed. That worries me. Brita last year, I love the guy. At the first, what, four weeks, I think he led the whole NFL in rushing yards, which is just amazing to me. So, But he's in and out of every game. Like I owned him. It was the most frustrating thing to watch because he would take a hit and then he'd be out for a quarter and you're like, uh, where'd he go? So to me, the guy I think I want the most right now would be Coleman. And then I think they spell him with Brita and then they end up McKinnon, I think kind of falls to the backup if he makes the roster. Hmm. So as you can see, nobody really knows what's going to happen. They're probably all three going to be used in the same roles and you're going to hate yourself for having any of them. Yeah. I I don't know. I struggle with that one. Yeah. I think we want pieces of the passing game, not necessarily the running game. Even though if somebody would emerge, it's probably going to be worth quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be. You're hoping for an there's only There's only 32 running backs in the NFL, um, starting running backs. And then you have those change of pace guys. So, yeah, I mean, eventually mm-hmm. you'll kick yourself once they establish, but he could pull Shanahanigans. Oh, the lovely Shanahanigans. If you ever owned any Washington backs, what was that, around the 2012, 2013 years? Oh, my goodness. Oh, Alfred Morris. Oh, wait, I'm going to give That was you before Alfred. Remember, Roy they Blue. had, like, Evan Royster, and <laughs> oh, I remember having that guy, and I'm like, here we go, 20 points this week, and I got, like, point Negative two. two. Oh. Nothing will ever beat Jay Cutler losing me a game single-handedly. <laughs> Let's see, you're up by six, and you lost by twenty. How did you do that? Negative anybody, sacks. Anybody wondering? Yeah, we had a we played in a league where you got negative points if your quarterback got sacked, and that was the week that the Giants feasted and had oh, like six or like, eight sacks by like halftime. Sa- it was like six sacks, three picks, no touchdowns. Yeah, 
the he, absolute worst way to lose a game ever. He lost you that's, a, that's in half he, a game. He didn't even play your, the second half. If exactly, if you're playing, if you're listening to this and you this is like your first time doing something, let me give you advice that I learned that game. If you're winning, and just the other take team the has, if the other team has no one left, just pull your starters. Don't don't go for high score. Just take the win. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, you never know what can happen. If it's under within twenty points, if you're blowing somebody out, just blow them out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, twenty points just to be safe. If you're losing 20 points, that guy better be cut the next week. Yeah. And then again, let's be real here, too. I mean, not many. That was a weird league that I, we were in where you don't normally <laughs> get negative points for sacks. But Right. Thought it would be fun, but here we are. All right. We're going to close out the show, and we are going to do our Who Am I? Are you ready? It's your week to be oh, tested. I am. I don't know. I'm, I have nothing in front of me. I'm just going to listen I'm reading your clues. You tell me, and let me see if I can get it. All right. First guy, you love to hate me. That's a lot. It's not very specific. It's not supposed to be. Any guesses? No. All right. I have well, averaged. Well, well, well. I think, I think that just gave, I think I have the answer now, but keep going. Okay. Make it a little bit fun for me. All right. I've averaged 320 rush yards for my career so far. Okay. I finished as the top, as the QB 10 last year. All right. Any guesses? You you, you already know it, so you're just going to let me read them. Let me just say that you love to hate me. Was there a former receiver in this city that would pour popcorn on his helmet? (laughs) I made that. That's the clue that that made you win that, huh? Um, the other clues added up with that, but yes, uh, okay. we're talking about Dak Prescott. Yeah. The last clue is I'm in an elite company ranked tied for third in most wins for a QB in the last three years. Initially I was going to say cam, but the, you mm-hmm. love to hate me, uh, definitely gave it away. <laughs> listen, I didn't even I'll, think that was listen, a close clue. I will tell that my, my wife will tell anyone who will listen that I remember the stupidest things in the world but can remember none of the important things. <laughs> it's part of being a guy, isn't it? That's why we love fantasy football. This is probably true. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you're one for one. I was one for two last week. This one I'm hoping is a little bit tougher, but maybe my clues were too good that you're going to catch it. You ready for number two? All right. Yes. I finished as the wide receiver 20 last year. Okay. I was a top 10 wide receiver who hasn't gotten my chance yet. What does that mean to me? Which part? Are you saying I have potential to be a top 10 wide receiver? He was drafted as a top 10 wide receiver. Sorry. And the NFL draft was drafted in the top 10. Okay. All right. He's a physical specimen who was thought of very highly this year. Okay. I play with one of the best quarterbacks to never win a Super Bowl. Mike Williams. Yep. yep. You you win you win the first round. All right. Gave it away because you said he was a top ten pick, um, and the best quarterback to never win a Super Bowl is my favorite quarterback to never win a Super Bowl, Philip Rivers. I thought you're not. A, you're, some... you're a Bills fan, and you're not even give Jim Kelly that. Um. No. I mean, listen. Rivers is. I'm a religious guy, and I just love. I just love Philip Rivers as a person. 
and don't get me wrong, my favorite part of my childhood is nothing else but seeing Philip Rivers and Jay Cutler go at each other. That was that was like something you'd see on the real world. What do you mean you're not? I'm not, I'm not looking at you any certain way. Stop looking at me, Tyrell. You stabbed my dad. Best <laughs> uh, oh, shows of our childhood. Oh, but no, I'm telling you, if you if you ever go back and look at those, those were some, that was a funny feud. I wish that was still happening. Philip Rivers is probably the top quarterback for getting facial gifts off of, like in the whole yeah. NFL. I mean, the things that he does. I think he's kind of a crybaby, but he's been good. I'm not going to pick on him too much, but he, yeah. He's kind of... I, I out of that draft class, I don't think I think I would still rather have Philip Rivers than Eli Manning. Even though Eli's got two Super Bowls, can't can't go off the rinks completely, right? I mean, you look at Eli's wins; those weren't offensive. Those weren't offensive shootouts. Not all. Eli made it. Eli made a play at the end. That's Tyree it. David Tyree had gum on his helmet, and made a play. Let's be honest. This is true. Yeah. Well, listen, guys. This has been a blast. Um, I thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back next week we're going to go over our top 12 wide receivers for coming into this year, aside from the rookies. And uh, how about we rank some rookie wide receivers? Steve, let's go wide receiver, wide receiver next week. What do you think? Yeah, um, I think that we need to start talking about this deep class of wide receivers. Uh, Sounds definitely a big thing that we need to probably do. Um, for sure. So make sure you give us a follow. I'm, I'm at DynastyZone99. And... I'm at JLad90. Uh, just we're gonna, you know, we're doing the research for you guys right now. Completely free podcast. Feel free to just listen to us. We appreciate any way you spread the word. But thanks again for joining the Dynasty Zone, and let's go win some championships together. That's right. Keep those draft eyes open. <laughs>